0: Welcome to Ampersand Enigma podcast with me, your host Rainbow Black. Yes, guys, it is now February 2021, and I'm just passing through to do a short podcast with you and an update on what's been happening out there in these streets. And so much has happened since I last did my podcast in December. What are we going to be covering today? Oh, my God, so much has happened. Well, I took the plunge, guys, to get the COVID-19 vaccine. And that was huge. I actually had it done two days ago. And it wasn't something I thought I could see myself getting because, like everybody else, I was very uh, sceptical, distrusting of the vaccine, um, was thinking well, it hasn't had enough time to uh, develop. I was listening to people talk about the side effects, that kind of thing. And because I have uh, quite a few um underlying health conditions, such as lupus, and of course I told you I'm a stroke survivor, I thought there's no way I can put myself at risk and get that vaccine until I know how it's gonna actually affect my body. So I had all those things whirling around in my head plus I had family members and friends you know um, saying no way should you get that vaccine you know you're putting yourself at risk you know um the conspiracy theories there's some kind of uh chip in the vaccine that will be tracking my every move and probably will kill me within the first few days uh, probably I might suffer another stroke or something um so many different theories really and I kind of came to the conclusion listening to the news and also reading about people's experiences online. I came to the conclusion that I take so much medication um, already to help me control the lupus, the blood pressure, the endometriosis, the fibroids. These are all the things that I, I actually struggle with day to day. And I said to myself, the medication that I take was developed by a bunch of scientists and doctors over the, over the years. And I perhaps wouldn't be able to um, function or survive without this medication. So I have to put my um, faith in science and uh, medicine and, and hope. Um, ...that it doesn't attack my system... ...it's actually designed to give your body the ability to be able to fight uh, COVID-19... ...if your body does come into contact with it... ...and I just thought to myself... ...I've got to give myself the best chance of survival... um, ...because this virus is not going to go anywhere... Um, ...recently we've been told there's a new um, South African variant... ...which is even stronger... And I've been um, shielding for almost a year now. I actually started shielding um, March twenty twenty one. So I don't go out much. I don't have that much contact. Yes, I've been able to go and visit my parent one uh, parents one or two times. But actually, I want to be able to visit them anytime soon. As soon as they say to me, I can come. So that is what really spurred my decision. Plus. I've had quite a few people close to me that have uh, passed away from COVID-19 and some of them didn't have any underlying health conditions they were very healthy people great diet you know great weight all of those things and they and it took them and I just thought you know what I've got to take um responsibility for my own health and my own longevity so I went I went and got the vaccine Um, my partner actually went and got it first and um, my partner had a little bit of a reaction to it but uh, my partner had the Pfizer vaccine and had symptoms of COVID but that lasted five days so the aches, the pains, the shivers, um, the fatigue and yes, I'm not going to lie that did make me think oh, do I really want to feel those symptoms in my body because I've managed to avoid it all this time but then I spoke to the GP and we spoke about it. I was getting the AstraZeneca, which is also known as the Oxford vaccine. And um, I went, I went to the centre. I was full of anxiety. I'm, I was just thinking, oh, my God, you know, suppose something goes wrong. or And then I just calmed myself down. I thought, you need to get this done because if I refuse it, you know, God knows when I'll be able to get it again because there is a shortage in, in the U.K., so, I went. It was a big massive health centre it was It was like a military operation guys um you're greeted at the door. Everybody's masked up. They ask for your name. They've got your name written down. then you get directed um to sit down and wait. Then you go to the injection um booth. There's probably about six or seven people getting their injections done all at the same time. And for the record, I really hate needles. Um, but because of my illnesses, I'm kind of used to getting blood taken and all that kind of thing. So I was like, okay, this is really happening. And I'm just looking at everything and everything just it's almost like everything went in slow motion, because I was like, right. I was kind of like talking myself up saying, You need to do this, you need to do this. And then I sat down, spoke to um the doctor that was gonna give me the injection, told him about all my underlying health conditions, medication I was on. He reassured me um there would be no side effects because I think it's what um 90, percent um accurate in terms of uh shielding me from um uh COVID-19. So I was like, okay, rich arm, right arm. And you know what, when he injected me, I could hardly feel anything at all. It was very quick. And then they give you a um, a number, um, a time where you actually sit down, you wait for 20 minutes, and then you leave at that time. So they take you to an observation area. And when I got to the area, there was about 40 people there, all spaced out in a gym, because it was done in a health center. So we're all spaced out, we're all looking at each other, we're all looking a bit anxious, and we sit sit there for twenty minutes and uh doctors and nurses observe you to see if you have a an allergic reaction. And I was just looking around the room and I thought, this is so um historical, but also done with a lot of precision, a lot of sensitivity. Um, it was very calm in there. They had um a set of wheelchairs that was uh positioned uh just outside of the observation centre in case you passed out or anything. I sat there speaking with my partner, observing all the different people. And what was really interesting it was that there was a mix of people. So you had uh black, white, Asian um people in their um twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties and I just thought I needed to do this, and it felt right. It just made me have so much admiration for the health service itself, um, the organisation of the whole, the whole thing, the risk that they're putting themselves at every day to deliver this service um, to us. You know, there's been a lot of criticism of NHS uh, staff, but actually, they're doing groundbreaking, life-saving work and. We have to remember that um, nurses, doctors, porters, um, admin staff, they are just ordinary people doing a groundbreaking job. Um, you know, they're trying to safeguard public health. And when you can bring that into the forefront of your mind, then you'll understand the importance of the work that they're doing and the, and the scale of it as well you know the planning and the logistics that um went into it was just mind blowing and when i left there i felt a sense of pride and actually before you leave they give you a badge which says um i have had my vaccination and that kind of just adds to it um because you can wear that with a sense of pride if you want to share it with the world i actually um shared my um badge photograph on online twitter cuz i thought I know a lot of people um will be feeling anxious about it and they've got their doubts about it and their suspicions about it. But if I share my experience with other people, then it might help them come to the right decision for them. Uh phoned my uh, sister and brother. They were extremely upset with me. They said, oh my God, how could you go and do that? You know, suppose it kills you. oh you're so brave or you're so stupid you know I had all those conversations and it was at that point I realized it's not something that I can share with everybody because I don't want to be made to feel bad for making a decision um for my own health reasons I didn't want to feel guilty for making the right choice for me basically yeah but um you know i just kind of said to my sister and brother who who work in very um public uh jobs where they mix with a lot of people my sister works in the care field and um i just says you know you have to protect yourself because you have loved ones that depend on you plus it's, it's just not worth the risk is it yeah Um, Every day we take a risk. And another reason why I got the vaccine, what helped me come to my decision as well, was um, when I moved to London, I was working in the substance misuse field uh, where you're working with a lot of people that uh, have multiple health issues. I was exposed to people that had HIV, hepatitis C, um, colds and flus people that were homeless and um a contra I actually contracted swine flu and I've never experienced anything like this in my whole life I actually thought I was going to die I was vomiting I was dizzy I was blacking out I was living on my own I had nobody to help me because I'm not in my hometown and um I actually remember remember at one point thinking I'm gonna die in my flat on my own and there's nothing I can do about it. The problem I had at that time, my belief system, um, was I shouldn't go and get the vaccine. You know, I don't want to put anything foreign in my body because that's how I've been brought up, you know, to, if you have a, a, a illness of any sort, try and deal with it the herbal way that's, that was instilled in us from young. So I was reluctant to go and get the help, but when it got really bad, and I could no longer function. I just said, I just had to give in. But I had nobody to go and get the actual vaccine for me. And I just had to, I remember, because I'm in a new area everything, I had to Google where the health centre was. And I just had to go and take the bus because I couldn't afford to get a taxi. Take the bus and go and get the vaccine. And when I arrived there for the vaccine, I got told off because it says, you know, you're contagious, you shouldn't be here. And I says, do you know what, I've got nobody else I can turn to. I, I You know, all my family is, is back home in Birmingham. I, I'm kind of new to London. I don't have any friends here. I just work here at the moment. Um, I had to come and get the vaccine. Anyway, I, I got the vaccine and I started to get better. And, you know, I'm so thankful that that was in place. So that was another um, reason why I decided to get the vaccine, because I just remembered that story. And I thought, if I'd remained stubborn and held on to my beliefs, I probably would have died in my flat, alone, um, and very sick, because it it, it literally wriggled my body, took over my body. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't hold anything down. I was sweating, vomiting, crawling along the floor. I was literally sleeping on the floor. So moral of the story is do what is right for you not um what other people believe is right for you because nine times out of ten those people have probably gone and got the vaccine but they want to have an opinion on what you do with your own health you know and as i said it's not gone it's not going away they're talking about the vaccine um needs to be rolled out and they won't start opening up um the British economy, schools, gyms, um, pubs, all those different things, restaurants, clothing shops, all those things. They won't start opening them up until everyone's had the vaccine because this thing is just raging. It's getting out of hand now. So I thought, you know, I've been working at home for almost a year. There's going to be a time when I'm going to have to go back to work and deliver my therapy sessions face-to-face. So... I've got I've got to make sure that my body's in the best position to be able to deal with whatever I'm going to be exposed to. Because I do have to take public transport, so I'm going to be vulnerable. So, yeah, that's what's going on at the moment. But apparently, um, 14 million people have been vaccinated so far. Um, and that number's going to climb, I suspect. Yes, for those of us in the black an Asian community and um, make the right decision for yourself because um, as I said it was quite nice to see um a variant of ages going to get their vaccine and people actually look less anxious after they actually received the vaccine I know I was it was a damn cold day though it was um it was so weird because I haven't been out that much it was minus 14 we haven't felt those kind of temperatures in London for a long time, if ever, actually. So we've had snow. The snow hasn't really stayed because there's a lot of people in London. So it's it's kind of come and, and gone really quickly. Whereas um, in my hometown in Birmingham, they had heavy snow, probably the heaviest snow they've had in over 10 years. So, yeah, a very, a very interesting time actually um and I'll keep you updated on that. My my partner's doing well um no side effects but um wow so we're having crazy weather and other stuff has been going on. Um, what's the other stuff? Yeah so as you know um Donald Trump yes Mr. Trumpy he left office um in January and what a ruckus that was, um, you know, that the capital got stormed and some police officers got killed and some of um the politicians were running and hiding for their lives and stuff. And even though he did all of that performative stuff and people got hurt and... Um, Proud Boys were overrunning the building and putting up their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk and taking an iPad and doing random stuff and posing for selfies, all of that stuff. Even though all that happened, he couldn't stop the, the transition of power happening. So that happened and obviously there was the big ceremony with um um Joe Biden and Kamala Harris um being sworn in. That was a really interesting watch. It was more interesting to watch the uh, body language of all the past um, presidents and first ladies. Trump didn't actually go to the um, ina- inauguration ceremony. I can never say that word. It feels like a mouthful. He chose to uh, go to Mar-a-Lago, and um, chill out there, probably playing um, golf with Melania, who knows. So he was off sulking and Vice President Pence went and he was squirming underneath his mask. You had uh, Lady Gaga uh, singing. She had this absolutely uh, beautiful outfit on with a a massive golden um, dove on, on her blouse. It was really stunning. And you had J-Lo. Yes, and they had um, this amazing poet, young young black woman, stunning. She was only 22, and she's one of the youngest poets, a laureate, um, to have been chosen to uh, read one of her personal poems reflecting American society and American life. And where she sees the future of america um uh, moving on from uh the trump era and she talked about uh peace and working together and um not living in the past and putting old wars aside um yeah some parts of the poem um were questionable because america has never really been about peace it has has unfortunately been built on many wars um but hopefully it was very powerful peace hopefully um things will start to um change with this new um administration entering now who knows because what um uh donald trump has left behind um is a mess that needs to be uh, cleaned up. It's a bit like when you have a ball of wool and you've got to untangle it uh, to then make it into um, a usable ball of wool. Yeah? Um, That is what he's left behind. Um, So as soon as um, Biden got sworn in, he actually um, undone a lot of... um, Trump's uh, executive orders which could harm um, everyday american people so there was a an executive order to um overturn um uh, some of the uh, laws around immigration uh, some of the laws around lgbt rights and i think they're going to be looking at um the criminal justice uh, reforms what they can do there because Trump actually before he left um, office pardoned um, quite a few people actually, Um, many that had uh, drug related um, offences but they were quite minor, some of them were uh, questionable like fraud, people that have committed fraud, he let them out early Um, and the ones that people were most talking about were uh, the pardoning of um little Wayne the rapper and Kodak black the the rapper um of course, some people have been very pleased about that, but um for those of us that um have suspicious minds um I think that was viewed as uh, perhaps a power move or um, him just kind of um gathering up allies for the future if he needs votes from the uh, black community by freeing these two individuals. Because, I mean, what does it really say? It says that if you commit a crime, that um, if you are a celebrity or a celebrity with a substantial amount of money, that you can be um excused from your crimes. Well, actually, you know... They should have served the full time because, yes, uh, Little Wayne did get caught with a gun and um, a considerable amount of um, uh, drugs on his plane. So it sends out the wrong message. He should have served his time because he was actually on probation. He knows that he shouldn't have been um, um getting into those kind of activities and saying we call that black because it really does send out the wrong message. But, you know, money talks and bullshit walks. You know, so I'm sure they will owe him a favour in the future um, where he will perhaps need to garner uh, support from uh, the black community. But they don't speak for all of the black community because not everybody agreed with the pardons. You know, the many um, uh, black men and women incarcerated for minor drug offences such as being, uh, being caught with a bag of weed that's worth in our money, um 10 pounds you're doing 30 40 years for um so some of those pardons th- those are, su- are some of the people that should have been pardoned and let out you know um because in some parts of america it's actually legal to uh, smoke marijuana but also sell it but it's only people that have uh, a substantial amount of money that are going into the cannabis um business which is, is which is booming right now, so if it's booming and it's illegal in most in in most states, not all states, and um those cannabis um licenses are only open to people with a substantial amount of money, then those people that are serving twenty thirty years for a bag of weed or uh, a um a wrap of coke, they should be let out so they can so they can continue with their lives it's 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 it screams um capitalism and bias actually uh, for me so i wasn't really impressed with his uh, departing gifts of pardons and i just wonder um um if he's secretly pardoned himself he actually also pardoned steve bannon steve bannon was pardoned by donald trump he was actually his special advisor and he's known for his associations with a right wing um organisation, Breitbart News. So that wasn't a surprise. Um um we know that he was um convicted of uh fraud, um, in line with the We Build the War campaign and siphoning enough funds from there. So that was an interesting move from him, perhaps um that was a deal they discussed before he went into prison so it'd be interesting to see um what him and trump do in the future because trump still has his massive fan base um which is probably what was fueling the whole capitol hill uh, storming situation maybe it was part of a bigger plan and just to just to bring you up to date with what's going on with that so Trump had his um second impeachment trial uh, recently and lord and behold most of the republicans in his party are reluctant to um convict him basically so there wasn't enough uh democrats um to uphold the charges even though there's a catalog of evidence that he was inciting violence um on Capitol Hill on that day, uh January the sixth, and he's been acquitted. no surprises there at all, so it's been a complete performative event and a waste of time and public money. so God knows um where this is going to go. It just feels like it's just a continuation of the the circus that we've all been um privy to observe over the last 4 years but it's um exhausting and i think everybody just wish it would stop you know but he still has a massive uh fan base of people um in many communities actually um many many communities um believe that he's done a lot for them i can't see that myself but um you know i'm not an american so i don't think I have the right to really say too much on it. It's just an observation. So that's just some of the things that are going on there. Um, not sure what's going to happen with his daughters and sons if they're going to be um brought to trial for anything. But um, if he gets off, what this says to the world um is that crime pays, and also it may pave the way for him to run again in 2024 the biggest fear is is that this storming of capitol hill could happen again if he was to get into power again so um i suppose it's just about watching this space and if he doesn't run perhaps his daughters and sons will run um but if he is impeached it will affect him getting, getting his um uh, lifetime security and pension, but yeah, the the system is uh corrupt. It's safe to say, and that's all I'm going to say on that. I'm not gonna, not going to give that too much airtime. There has been um some crazy stuff going on in the world. Just to lighten it up a little bit, we had a young woman called Tessa Brown. Um, who super glued her hair with um this well-known brand for um, uh, black hair, um, uh, gorilla glue. They call it gorilla Snot glue. So latest um crazy events on the internet involves this young lady called Tessa Brown. Now Tessa Brown, um, went into a shop to buy some hair um gel. Um. Uh, the The name of the hair gel is a uh, gorilla Snot glue, but she mistakenly picked up gorilla glue, which is used for gluing down wood and metal and and things like that, plastic. And when she put it on her hair, she couldn't get it out. Um, and she was stuck with this this thing in her hair for a whole month. Became really distressed. Um and went uh to her doctor, who said they couldn't do anything, and then she decided to go viral to ask for help um Everybody was talking about it. there wasn't a great deal of sympathy, and then the empathy came later. Well, she ended up actually going to the hospital, and they gave her acetone and um some medical wipes to try and get it out, but this didn't help, and she didn't feel very confident in doing it on her own. And then this Nigerian doctor um, came up with his own special solution which he uh, trial ran on a dummy using human hair and it removed all the glue. So now she's had it taken out but this has been raging on for over a month so she hasn't been able to wash her hair or anything. She actually looks as though she's about 18 but she's 40 years old. Um and some people are saying yes she should have known better a, a GoFundMe page was started for her all of those things, but she's so relieved to have got it out. Yes, unfortunately she's had to have, her ponytail cut off, but at least her hair follicles are still intact. We don't yet know if um the hair um shafts have been damaged, but at least at least it's out and she she's still got some hair on her head. Um, it's crazy. And I think part of the reason why some of this stuff is happening, whether it's a prank or not, or her chasing five minutes of fame, I'm not sure what to believe, is that as, as black women, um, we feel pressured to um, align ourselves with um, European hair standards. We've been told our hair looks messy if we wear it in our natural state. So we tend to slick our hair down so it looks neat. Um, to conform to to these European standards. We've just got used to doing that. I myself used to do it, though I don't put any actual um, perming or straightening chemicals in my hair. Never done that because I wasn't allowed to do it. But I also just was so in love with my own natural hair. I've been natural for 40 odd years. But even I fell into the gel trap and the gel actually broke my hair over time. It, It started to... Break it off, and it was falling out at one point um so I stopped using um the gel, and the gel was really thick but um her hair now um has got the gel out it's got the glue out, and now she's actually donating some of the gold from me pages to um hair research from what I've been told um hair restoration um probably to research why. Um, People do lose their hair Or or things like that I don't know I don't know why she's actually done that But good on her for not keeping all of the money And I'm sure If it was five minutes of, of fame It's going to last more than five minutes Because she'll be doing the rounds On all the news net- networks Because it's been covered globally And um, she'll probably um End up doing some presenting She might be on Love Island Who knows You know how this thing goes these days Anything that goes viral but what has happened as a result is um yes you will get the copycats um is a guy has normally glued a party cup you know those red party cups that you get now that are trendy he's glued the down cup to his mouth and as a result um he's had the cup removed and he's lost the top part of his lip the tip of his lip now he normally done that um uh, for clout and this is really worrying with today's culture, a uh, clout chasing culture. I have uh, given it a name and I'm calling it get the bag culture, uh, where you would literally do anything to go viral um and get in the news or get onto a reality TV show. Um there was a there was a girl, obviously she didn't she didn't try and get COVID, but she had COVID, went viral, next minute you know she was in um Survivor. You know, um, and and uh, some other uh, reality TV show, and she pops up every now and again on the news. Or so this is this is it's our fault, um, that these people are existing, because we love the controversy of it, we love the stupidity of it, you know, we love the clout chasing culture. It, but also for newspapers and magazines, it's a slow news day. You know, we're all on lockdown. Um, they sell um newspapers and column inches, and and it's used for clickbait. So we have tapped into that culture, and we elevate these people to f- to fame. You know, because uh, we have a hunger for sensationalism, um, and salacious stories, whatever they might be. Um. So it's actually our fault. I've been actually watching, um, a program called, um, on Amazon called Unreal. I just stumbled on it, um, by pure accident. And it's all about the, the inner workings of reality TV and how it works and how they get the, uh, storylines and how they seek out the contestants to make the program seem inviting and, and salacious and attractive, um, and the kind of characteristics they look for uh for us for us the viewer to be interested in and um it's quite disturbing actually because they they will re- they will research people's weaknesses uh, past relationships that have failed and they will look at the person's insecurities they will look at that person's mental health and look at ways that, that they can trigger um those insecurities or any issues around mental health to make it entertaining for us. Um so nothing just happens organically on these shows or even in news. And it made me just look at um all the programs that we take in that we think are reality when actually um the heavily produced, which a lot of reality um TV stars say, oh they made me get into an argument. They told me to say this. They told me to wear this. They told me to react in this way because they needed to get the ratings up, and it's a hundred percent true. Um, I was watching a documentary a few months ago. Um, on some of the Love Island cast, there was a guy called Ovi. And he was looking at whether he wanted to continue being a reality TV star. Because he said, you know, I'm a very introverted guy. I like my privacy. Yes, I did go on to um, uh, Love Island to raise my profile. But do I really want this lifestyle long term where if I'm going to the shop, I've got um, paparazzi following me. If I'm dating somebody, they're diving into their past, diving into my past um I'm going to lose my, my privacy and that quite frankly I know um that I'm a person um who suffers with mental health. I'm not gonna be proud about that. Um and this might may, may make me deteriorate. So what are the, the pros and cons of me being a celebrity? So what he did he went and done some research and interviewed um past reality T V uh, show um celebrities and says well you know what do you get out of this this lifestyle so somebody says you know I've been able to buy several houses I've got a business I'm self-sufficient I'm an entrepreneur this person said you know they handed me so much I felt like taking my own life and um, I don't like myself and before I went into um uh these reality tv programs I felt quite good about myself I was a normal day-to-day person you know, had quite normal levels of self-esteem, I believed in myself, but as soon as I went into there and I wasn't get that, getting that attention and those colour minches and all the likes and um, getting verified and stuff, you know, my self-esteem plummeted and I just felt worthless, you know, especially when people stop writing about you or they're just writing really negative stuff about you, start to actually believe this stuff, um, uh marriages broke down, relationships broke down, depression was an issue, addiction became an issue, and it's no secret that quite a few um reality stars have taken their life, in- including the high profile um case of um Caroline Flack. So this programme that I was watching Unreal and watching um Ovi's interview it's got an overlap and I thought, you know what, fame is great. Yes, it can give you um financial stability, but at what cost? You know, and the cost for me is the impact on your mental health. But also, um, one of the girls from Geordie Shore, uh, Charlotte, can't remember her last name because I'm not really big into it. Um, she was saying that um, although she doesn't have any privacy and people write a lot of negative stuff about her. Um she's financially stable so um she's just looking at um the the value versus the uh, the loss and for her the value of financial stability is 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 more of a value to her than you know um because she she doesn't want to struggle. She comes from a a a uh Geordie, Geordie town, she's from Newcastle, there's not many jobs, there's high unemployment, where would she get this opportunity again? You know, um so you know, this is this is about economics as well. You know, and that's why a lot of people are knowingly selling their soul. So the, the conclusion that Ovi came to was that he's gonna kind of dip in and dip out of celebrity culture but still carry on with his career because that's the difference between him and your everyday reality TV uh show um star is that he actually came in there with a basketball career so he says you know I've trained for this I've dreamt of this since I was a little boy so I'm going to see it through but I'm going to leave the door a little bit ajar so I can come back into reality TV when I'm ready you know um but maybe by then he may be he may be old news cuz a, a new reality TV star is born every every second now um especially with this lockdown cuz I don't know if you guys have heard of this new app. I was talking about it last time, uh, Clubhouse, which is almost like a giant conference call. Um, and you've got loads of different rooms, which um, if you're on Clubhouse, it's invite only, and you have to be an iPhone user, so it's kind of quite exclusive. I'm on there, and it took me a long time to get an invite. Um, you can go in and you can create um any room of your choice and talk about any any um, subject. You also have a lot of celebrities. You go and start rooms and may promote uh, their music, films, or they may just talk about everyday stuff. Number one topic on Clubhouse is relationships. And then business and money and writing and acting. Um, I think the biggest event that happened on there was Elon Musk the uh, the boss of tesla um who's a is a multi-billionaire i think he actually surpasses um boss of amazon you know? uh, jeff bezos he actually surpasses him in terms of wealth so one of his rooms typically had like um 6000 people in it and then overspill the rooms and uh recently the stock market had a situation um where they had um, some shares in game and AMC. And there was a bit of fiddling going on. And um, Elon Musk called it out. And and it involved another investing app called Robinhood app. I was actually looking at this because I've been trying to understand the, the stock market for some time. But they, they kind of fiddled it um, so that... Uh, Everyday people couldn't make money. They saw that people was investing in stocks and they tweaked it so that people um, couldn't make money because they believe some of these people in the money world and the capitalist society that we live in, they believe that poor people must know their place and how dare they try and make a profit on the stock market. That's just for us big boys. You know, On in these rooms, they talk about investing in space. That's how much money these people have got you know there's problems down here on earth down here on earth that needs sorting out like homelessness we're in the middle of a global pandemic right um the temperatures are below um minus 14 in some places yet there's people that are sleeping homeless that haven't been housed anywhere they're not using buildings to um um make homeless shelters to make sure that these people don't get sick and we're in the middle of a a global pandemic, yeah? COVID-19 pandemic and there's people dying on the street. There's problems down here on earth. There's a lack of housing, lack of jobs. Uh, NHS workers are not being paid the correct money. They haven't even got PPE, but you want to go and invest in in space, which is what Jeff Bezos is doing. He's actually resigned in the last uh, few weeks. Um because he's now bored of making so much money in his sleep in Amazon because none of us are going to the shops because all the shops are shut. Uh bar supermarkets and uh, uh fast food restaurants. So he's bored of making money in his sleep for Amazon now. So now he's turned his attention to um a company that is creating, I think it's called Blue Chip, I think. Don't quote me on that. Um, where he's going to be trying to make journeys to space. And I says, what a wonderful life where you can think about what's going on up there. But, but there's actual social and economical problems going on down here, you know. So the rich boys that can think about that kind of shit is Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk and uh, Richard Branson. Need I say more? You know, but just that's just my own um, personal thoughts on it. Maybe I might be bitter because I'm a social um, care worker trying to keep people uh, safe on the ground in, in the work that I do and I have always done and um, <clears throat> struggle to make ends meet, working poor, that is a subject I definitely want to talk about. There's many of us that work um, a nine-to-five or um in some cases, you know, um, 12 hours a day, yet we're still struggling to make ends meet but they want to go and sort Sort out what's going on in space because they want to be able to, um, capitalize on what's going on up there. You know, um, take the minerals from there or build a bloody, um, Amazon up there. I don't bloody know, but, oh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. You know, um, but capitalism is is taking over the world, and this is where they're talking about this stuff in cl- in Clubhouse, um. And there's been so many apps that have uh, just come out of nowhere, where everybody is live streaming now, um, and where you can make money. You know, we we know we have the OnlyFans. We know we have a Clubhouse. We know we have um ah, oh, talking of which, Instagram is now making um, rooms available, so they are copying Clubhouse. Because uh, they're worried about getting left behind. So they're, they're going to be creating rooms in, in um Instagram where you can go in and talk. Obviously, they've already got the audience there. So it's going to explode. But don't know what that's going to be like. Because um, in Clubhouse, you actually have to bring your personality. It's not based on photographs. But I suppose having the Instagram page will give people an insight into um what that person is about because they will have the Instagram as a reference point. Oh I can't I can't even keep up. There's just so many new um things being um created in terms of uh social media. Um they're also looking at AI, um artificial intelligence, you know, how that can um change the world um in the future so many things are going um uh, in that direction in terms of automation but they're also putting us mere humans out of work have you been to your local supermarket uh, recently yes um your tescos your uh, sainsbury's your macros and places like that, that they are nobody. There's nobody at the till to serve you. Everything is self-service. So, how many of those jobs have been lost? Um, you know who will be delivering your parcels in the future? Um, because the roads are becoming unusable, as we know, there's twenty mile per hour limits everywhere. Cycle lanes that are not being used by cyclists that really annoys me. I just can't say. You know the all the roads are being chopped up. we've got these um low traffic neighborhood um initiatives going on where um all the little side roads have been blocked off for the cyclists and the cyclists are not using these little lanes created for them, and nobody's saying anything so I don't know man um talking of which um we are now being told that the lockdown um, may be lifted for schools, at least anyway, um, everyday schools, so not your pupil referral units that have been open the entire time through this, um, COVID-19, um, lockdown. Normal schools will be opening again, possibly March the 8th. Oh, I can hear all the parents saying a sigh of relief. Oh, homeschooling, it's killing them. You know, the Google Classroom stuff, um, um isn't for everybody because um what people have found out or parents have found out is that many of them are not computer literate, and many of them are very uncomfortable with having cameras in the home because some some children have actually been provided with laptops, uh, to do the online um learning at home. Have to uh big up, have to big up as who have um, donated uh, quite a few million uh, laptops for uh, young people to learn at home, which I think is a really smart move. It's very, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Inclusive in terms of getting involved in the community. Really impressed with that. Um, Because, what was it? Let's bring up Jeremy. Jeremy Corbyn. Yes, he's still kind of hovering in the background. Um, before he was sacked from his job as Labour leader, he was um pushing for all homes to have Wi-Fi, and have um access to uh, laptops, and he was laughed at and jeered at, and um people took the mick out of his idea, and here we are in the middle of a global pandemic with many children not having the access to um, what has now become a basic need, um, you know, alongside food, shelter, warmth, love and money um, is now Wi-Fi. Um, and even for us who work at home as um, uh, working from home posse, um, we too need to have access to um, uh, Wi-Fi as well. Uh, to be able to uh, log on. So yeah, a lot of things are coming coming home to roost. A lot of things. Um, oh, some sad news. Some sad news. Um, Justin. Um, Nicki Minaj's. Um, father has just been um, killed in a road accident. It was a hit and run. Um, Really sad for her because um, during this pandemic, a lot of babies have been born and she just recently gave birth to a baby boy with her uh, new husband. So a very sad time for Nicki Minaj. Um, as I said earlier, um when you're a celebrity, nothing is private. And that is definitely one of the downsides. So uh, condolences to uh, Nicki Minaj and her family. And there was another controversial thing that happened recently with um, Channel 4. Really disappointed in Channel 4. Um, they commissioned um, a writer, a well-known writer and podcaster, a lady called... Candice Braveweight, um, who has been advocating for um, uh, the Health Trust, the National Health Trust to do more around um, the care of black women that are pregnant, because um, a lot of black women die during pregnancy um either the babies die or they die or both and this has been an ongoing campaign she's very passionate about it done a lot of research on it and she was in talk to channel 4 for up to 10 months working very closely with them and then at the last minute they brought in Rochelle Humes um uh, yes she is um the former band member of um the Saturdays, who who's now a presenter, you'll see her on Good Morning. You will see her on different uh, game shows, chat shows, um, and they bought her in as a replacement. Now this was a it caused a huge controversy, um because Channel Four were denying that they um used uh, Candice Braceway and they said you were never in the running to present the program. We just wanted to do some research with you, for you to add your contribution. But actually, we wouldn't allow uh, somebody that's actually been through it to present the program, which I just thought was um like a get out of jail card for them, because why would you be in talks with her for for ten months, use all their material and then replace her with somebody else? Well, what was brought up was that um 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 Rochelle Humes was perhaps more visually palatable and that black um content creators are actually being pushed out cuz Candice is a dark skinned woman um she's not european looking um but she is well known probably not as well known as um Rochelle but she's well known on this, in this subject matter you know um black mothers and uh, high mortality rates during childbirth is, that's her field. She's written books on it. She's done talks on it. So don't really understand what's going on here. But really disappointed in Channel 4 for uh, acting in a very gaslighty way, actually. Um, and there was a lot of talks on it online. There was a massive talk on it um, in Clubhouse that um, this is an ongoing issue for many uh, black women curators where they just take the information and then they... Uh, get somebody else to present it. Uh, and it's normally somebody that is of a lighter shade or not a black woman um, because Rochelle has never talked about uh, black issues. Um, she herself is a um, mixed dual heritage, half white, half black, but has never spoken on anything um, um, in terms of uh, black issues. Didn't say anything in, ter- in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement Never heard her voice um until then and um never heard her actually say she identifies as an actual black woman, which is her prerogative because she's dual heritage, um so it just feels like a slap in the face um for uh black women in uh, media and television. Candice had a lot of support and it was suggested that she make the documentary and try and uh, sell it to a channel herself in the future. You know, I kind of think um, uh, black creators are experiencing a lot of issues online. Um, it's no secret that black uh, uh content creators are having issues on uh, TikTok with the content being taken down. Um, same on um Instagram. I've experienced it myself. I lost um six or seven years worth of work um on uh, Instagram, which is why I don't really bother with it anymore. And we're also underpaid or often they think we should work for free. You know, um, our knowledge is worth money. Otherwise, you wouldn't be trying to get us to talk on these issues. And it's just a blatant um disrespect and insult. So I kind of think that there's enough uh, platforms out there. They might not be big, but we can grow them. If black audiences get behind black content creators, that we can create our own platforms on, on YouTube you know, I my argument was is that you had um the creator of Shiro Story and Blue Story, uh Rapman. He wasn't getting backed for years for his ideas on and films. And um what he did, he created the film and he put it on YouTube and used social media to spread the word and thousands of people um watched um his short stories. And then he got picked up by um Rock Nation and Jay Z, so it's also about um the audience also supporting content creators. You don't have to be a black person, by the way, to support um this type of work. You might be um in the medical field and maybe interested in uh, mortality rates of uh, black mothers who are experiencing these uh, harrowing experiences. I really think it's down to the audience to support uh, content creators like uh, Candice Braithwaite. If she wants to make this film, you know, we can start GoFundMe pages, we can um, put money towards it in that way and get it out in in that form. There's enough black filmmakers and people with platforms uh, where we can air these these types of films so that our stories can be told and our voices are not silenced because we don't look palatable enough uh, for British audiences. It's not being made for uh, white British audiences solely. It's so our stories can be told and so that we can come up with solutions um, on how we can address these issues in healthcare because I've had my issues with... um. Uh, NHS staff telling me I'm not feeling pain and then it transpires I've got bloody um, fibroids or endometriosis you know or that I was having a stroke and I was told them oh you're not having a stroke and it caused so much damage in my body and I'm still having to live with that damage so there is such a thing as um, medical racism and that's actually what we're talking about here yeah it's no um secret that high profile women such as Nicole fear who was twenty four died alongside her unborn son um and it was said that she suffered a massive heart attack um she was actually complaining about feeling pain um before that actually happened, and she was uh told um that was normal so she died um alongside her unborn son and uh, left behind uh, a heartbroken devastated partner she was known for her youtube blogs and was a very energetic and beautiful young black woman who had no health conditions uh, prior to that but it was said that they sent the wrong team um to her how can you send the wrong team to a heavily pregnant woman so yeah these things need to be um discussed definitely So, do you want to end on a high note? A high note. Breaking news. Harry and Meghan are expecting their second child. Woo! Right, I am not a royalist, but that is such lovely news to hear in the midst of all this heartbreak and sadness and depression as it that is so lovely to hear that they're having their second child i don't know how far um gone she is but um such good news for them you know um couldn't happen to a better couple so guys i'm trying to think um if there's anything else to add here and it's actually quite ironic because um there's been a lot of babies born during a uh, lockdown, and so I'm sure a lot more babies will be born. You know, we we're, we're getting more intimate and close with each other, um, and people are still dating somehow. You know, um, we need more warmth and hugs and and love and intimacy. So maybe maybe that's been a good thing for um couples that are normally working long hours and are too too tired to make love to each other so um these babies are quite special and on that note i'm going to close out i'm going to try i am going to try and do uh more podcasts even if it's little short ones because um uh, my work schedule is is mad at the moment but it's been an absolute pleasure until next time take care of yourselves and uh Stay close to each other, be kind to each other, and remember to be mindful. Peace out.
1: And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us, but what stands would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy.
0: Thank you for listening to Ampersand the Enigma podcast. To listen to more episodes on your favourite podcast platforms, tune in now on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast and Radio Republic and you can also catch me on Apple Podcasts as well so tune in, download the apps and enjoy and remember to rate and subscribe to show your support and spread the word. Thank you so much from your host Rainbow Black.